Our current systems aimed at reducing conflict are not working. Restorative justice works. I have seen it and I believe in it. 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 Our first guest is Christian Garcia. He currently lives in Rochester, New York, and works at Inspire Crayon Campus as a preschool teacher. We first met Garcia in summer 2019, and he's been a cabin leader at Stomping Ground ever since. Garcia originally got involved with restorative justice work through his high school. His teachers were looking for more Spanish-speaking members in the school district to lead circles and be peer mentors for younger students. But before he was leading circles, he found restorative justice through his own personal conflicts, but we'll let him share that story. Let's dive in. All right, episode one of season two, Inspiring Radical Empathy. We're back, got my headphones back on, got my rules about not touching the cable, kind of nervous about that one. No ums this season, Ray, I got this. No ums, we've, we've taken all of our voice lessons. And Garcia, we have you on today, how are you? I'm doing great. I, I feel energetic, uh, kind of like in between the tired and energetic, it's like, I'm all for it, but I need to relax. <laughs> Garcia, you are Zooming from the daycare where you work at. Can you just uh, tell everybody what we got to hear before we started recording of whatever that kid just said? What's going on outside the door right now? <laughs> if know. you had to take a guess. If I had to take a guess, I, there's probably a kid in the office right now. They're either, it's either has to be a baby, a toddler. And I'm not sure about preschool. They're probably having breakfast right now. My guess is a toddler because... Liz was like, you're getting so big. So it's probably a toddler who probably just moved up and they're just giving the TLC to the kiddo. I thought I, I thought I heard, you're such a big boy. And I was like, oh, I don't know who kicked off the interview that way, but that was <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Garcia, we're so excited to have you on today. Before we dive into you and your relationship and your experience with restorative justice tell us like one thing that's happened to you since we last saw you at camp it's been a quite of a roller coaster but like one of the major things that i've been through since camp is like meeting so many new people here at work um between staff members between those who are leaving those who are coming back it's like being at camp like feeling being in that family feeling type home so like now I feel like I have like three homes like not just here at my house but here at work and at camp and it's amazing. So Garcia we know you through your relationship to Rock Restorative and RCSD Rochester City School District which is the district you grew up in. We also know you because you have been a stomping ground staff member and both of those spaces employ restorative justice principles. There's a broad question but tell us a little bit more about how restorative justice has impacted your life. It impacted my life in so many good ways, but also so many like learning experience ways. The first time I experienced uh, restorative justice was actually outside of the Rochester School District, and it was outside of camp. It was actually when I first met my best friend. The first time I even experienced it was when we first met. Um, we were in middle school, sixth grade, and he had just recently gotten in a fight. It was kind of a bad one. Um, they were going to suspend him for the rest of the year along with the other kid that um, was in it. And 
I was called into the office because on on camera, I was caught as trying to de-escalate the situation. I had no experience in rock restorative and restorative justice as, as a whole. It was something done out of conscience just because of who I am and the situation I saw. So it was like, now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's what I was using. I was using all of these systems that's now restorative justice to me. And experiencing that restorative justice basically gave me my best friend, honestly. Oh, it seems like it's opened so many different doors for you from not only opportunities like in school, opportunities, how you see different friendships. Tell me a little bit more about the journey from, you also have this like very natural inclination towards it, right? You had no, no formal experience or formal training. And I think sometimes we can muddy what is actually happening in a restorative conversation because we kind of over theorize it or over kind of plan out how exactly to do it. And all of that structure is really important and serves a function, but you had kind of a drive to go in and solve the problem in a really natural way that that was really fruitful for you. Tell us a little bit more about the journey from that experience and having people notice how natural it came to you to being involved in restorative practice things in more formal settings. wasn't until I believe it was 11th grade, maybe the beginning of 12th grade, where Carrie came over to me and she was like, Garcia, um, you're the only kid I know who speaks Spanish and English, like magically. And like, we don't want to talk to these middle schoolers who have no clue what I'm saying. And since you have this natural drive to restorative justice, she like sat down to, with me and she was like, this is what restorative justice is. This is what we're focusing focusing on like we want the middle schoolers to like feel impacted feel a change to from behavior to academics to whatever they're going through and I was thrown into a classroom again just I had it had no prior uh training just an explanation of what it was what it sounds like and I'm right I got this I walk into this classroom and I'm like oh god like what what do I do like I had kids yelling at me. I had kids like, who are you? And I'm like, okay. And I opened it up by saying, basically, I know you guys don't know me. I don't know you guys, but I'm here to get to know you. Uh, you guys are here so you guys can get to know me. And that's how it started, honestly, just this natural conversation of getting to know each other. There was this one boy in the classroom who came up to me and he was like, Mr. Garcia, I want to talk to you personally. And I'm like, okay, what's up? And he's like, I've been going through a lot of things at home between moving my parents. Um, My dad has a drinking problem. My mom is like focused on my dad and they've been arguing and I'm like, okay, what, what would you like from me? So I believe like we're sort of just as something like hearing what as a kid, adult, whoever it is, is hearing what they need from you at the moment. For me, it's how it starts. I know we talk a lot about it being a conversation of problem solving, but in my eyes, I see it as a opportunity to love. Start of justice is an opportunity to love and support and to see the opportunity within it rather than it's always about solving something, some conflict or solving some problem. 
that it just puts everybody on the same base of we're going to take these tools and these skills of active listening and really sitting with each other and trying to hear each other and just use that space to provide love and support. And oftentimes that can be the solution. That can be the the thing that kicks us back into whatever we were paused from. I love that. Garcia, when you said Carrie, that was a teacher at the school, right? Yes. And so after you know, it sounds like she definitely had a lot of trust in you and rightfully so to kind of call on you to help her support with this group of students that sounds like she was having trouble connecting with due to language barriers and a whole bunch of other things. After you were kind of thrown into that, was that when you were a part of the Rack Restorative Group? Yes. So then you then received some more trainings with other mentors and administrators and teachers about how to lead circles. Is that right? Yes. What was that like, the process and experience for learning how to facilitate circles? Were you ever like, I already do this? Did you ever doubt the process? I'm curious to know a little bit more about your orientation to circles. You've talked a lot about how you had a natural draw to a lot of restorative practices. What was the process like when you were starting to learn more formal ways to implement these types of circles and practices with other peers? To be completely honest, I was like, this is confusing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. Like, I already do this, but it's confusing because, mm. like, for me, I'm a visual learner and a natural learner. So by just being thrown into something, I think that's how I learned best. And then given, I was giving all these trainings and I was trained on what circles look like, the conversation starters and what the outcome of a circle should be. And I'm like, again, to be completely honest, I was like, this is stupid. Like, this is not gonna work. Like, I, yeah. I didn't wanna force a kid to sit down with me with someone who they don't like. And what if they end up fighting? Like, what am I supposed to do then? Like, I'm only, at the time I was 18, <clears throat> lies, I was 17. I'm like, what is a 17 supposed to do with a 12 year old? Like, what, what, he's gonna fight me. He's gonna hit me because he doesn't want me to be here. Like, it was all these worries and what ifs. And I remember expressing this to Carrie and um, the librarian at school daily. And I'm like, I love this and I support it, but I think it's kind of stupid. Like, I don't think it's going to work. And they're like, well, why don't you try it? And I was put in my first circle and I was worried. I was like shaky. I was nervous. I was sweaty. I was like, this is going to end up bad. This is going to end up real bad they don't want to talk to each other. The kids don't even want to look at each other. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't want to like have to go into this room and get beat up. It, it's hard. And Carrie, I remember Carrie's words was like, just be you, be Garcia, be Christian. And I'm like, okay. And sitting down with these two boys, I remember it like in the back of my head, it was like, if it happened yesterday, sitting down with these two boys, they're like, in Spanish, they had said to me, Garcia, I don't know why you're here. I know why they brought you here. They've already tried it with us. We don't want to hear anything about it. It's BS. I'm like, okay, so you you already know why I'm here. You expected, you already know what, I, what I'm going to say. How about this? I looked at them and I was like, all right, what happened? I just want to know what happened. I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know who won the fight. I don't want to know who got beat up. I don't want to know anything of that. I just want to know what happened and how it started. And the boys were telling me like, 
he looked at me and he had called me the B word and, and I don't like that. He disrespected my mom and that's how it all started. I'm like, okay. By the middle of the circle, I was like, okay, so does someone looking, I told one of the boys, does someone looking at you really bother you? If it really bothers you, you should just close your eyes. <laughs> like trying to make them laugh, trying to feel them, make them feel comfortable to be more open and help me feel more comfortable to help them. So it was like trying to put those jokes in and have them like laugh with each other and connect in that way. I think laughter is like the best medicine. Laughing is like brings people together. And so we like started throwing these jokes back and forth. And then I was like, okay, now I'm here. Now it's time to do what I came here for. Now it's time to like enter this, the circle process. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, maybe it might work. Maybe just a little bit, I can connect to these kids. I can have them become friends. My main goal is just to leave this room and leave this room as acquaintances. Even if like my goal is they walk, it, they walk by each other in the hallway and they say hi, I'm content. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it, I went in having this doubt, saying it wasn't going to work, saying it was going to be stupid, to it being a maybe it'll work. Maybe this is not stupid. Maybe this is actually a system that can change not only the school system, but the world. Like, maybe this is what, this is what people need from babies that I work with now to high schoolers, to adults. And having that mindset throughout the circle of it being a maybe, it went into like, hell yeah, this is it. I was trained in something I didn't know. Well, I was doing something I didn't know, trained in it after. And then it's like, it's like that saying practice makes perfect. Like I had that natural calling to restorative justice. And then I was trained in it afterwards. And it was putting two and two together. And it was amazing. It's like this light clicked in my head and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And having, I was talking to the boys and they're like, okay, well, this is how it started. And then I really didn't want to fight him. It was just my friends. And then it went from it being from friend peer pressure to them hot fighting to them at the end of the circle being best friends. They were like, oh, well, you have the same, same likes I do. You like anime. Uh, you like art. You like math like those are all the things i like and those are things i'm attracted to like we have so many things in common we have so many things that we can relate to like i didn't know this about you at the end of the circle they left the room and they're friends they are still best friends today they still talk today at the time they're in seventh grade now i think they're in 10th or 11th grade and i went to visit recently with uh, ray in september and I saw the boys and they're friends, they're best friends. They get along with each other. They have, I believe they talk to Carrie, I'm not sure, but it's like, I went to doubt, no, this is not working, to maybe, to hell yeah, this is what I need. This is what these kids need. This is what adults need. This is what the world needs. Garcia, first of all, thank you for sharing that. So many people, myself included, Laura, I'm sure you've had situations where you doubted that circles were going to work 
or excuse oh, me, yeah. I'm sure you've been in situations where you doubted that a circle would work in a particular conflict. I'm thinking of one really intense conflict this past summer at Stomping Ground where we had two campers in conflict since day one, two hours into camp. They're already butting heads with each other. They knew each other from home. And we had five circles before the sixth one really clicked. And finally, a few days into camp after that fifth or sixth circle, I don't even remember, we finally found some agreements and common ground that allowed these two to coexist with one another and build more understanding. And it was really hard after the first circle, seeing how frustrated they both were and how much I think they doubted the system too. I was pretty worried and frustrated as well. Garcia, from your perspective, with all the doubt you had and a lot of the nerves you had going into what sounds like a pretty tense situation, you didn't know if it was going to get physical again, you knew you didn't have good rapport with these two students, why do you think it worked? There are kids who didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. I know peer pressure was like the number one thing that pushed them to get physical. I think a lot of the times, the root of a lot of problems between kids in school and adults out of school like now is miscommunication and judging a book by its cover. We never get to know the other person. We never get to feel what they feel, know what they know. So I think it's just that miscommunication, misknowledge of one another that by the time they sat and talked to each other, mm. they were friends. Like they knew each other better. They knew who they were. They knew what they went through. They knew what they felt. So I think it's just that miscommunication between two human beings going from, I don't know you, so I don't like you to, all right, now I know you. Now you can probably be my friend. Okay, 60 second narrator break. Hey everybody, Ray here. I'm sitting editing this episode and this question Klee asks and the story Garcia shares is so freaking good. And I know some people that listen to this podcast love the more theory and value-based ideas and concepts that we implement right here at camp. So I have to take a second here, just a second, and reflect on this conversation. Stay with me. So much of Klee's question and Garcia's story highlights the necessity of something called humble curiosity. Humble curiosity is respectfully wondering about another's experience to build empathy and understanding. We can't have our most successful circles without this. Garcia knew the first major roadblock was the lack of communication and understanding between these two boys. Any idea of problem solving or restorative healing really could not even be possible without first allowing everyone in this circle to wonder. That transparency and empathy has to be priority number one. Otherwise, Garcia is some weird adult wagging his finger and the boys never get a chance to really connect. To really, really connect. There is no clear 100% step-by-step recipe for how each circle will go. These conversations can be challenging and they won't all look the same. But humble curiosity is an essential ingredient when we embrace restorative practices. Okay, okay, back to the main event. Here's Garcia, Clee, and Laura. Had they stayed 
separated or not had the opportunity to talk to one another, they most likely would not have built that understanding that you're talking about. And you're pointing that out as one of the ways they were able to communicate with one another and kind of give each other some space and not fight again, it sounds like. All right. So there's so many people in the world who are kind of on this war path to prove that restorative practices is a new way of doing things and that it's a valid way of doing things and that it works, right? I'll include myself and Clee and you, Garcia, with so many other people who are exactly like what you said, out to prove that this is a reasonable option. And that if everybody invested some energy, some time, some thought into it, that we might really change the way we think about all kinds of things in the world, right? I keep hearing you say three, three ingredients keep coming out in your stories. And I, I, I wonder what you, what you think of them. Tell me if, tell me if I'm right here. I think there are three things that you keep saying over and over again, that are like the key ingredients to making a circle, making circles that you've been a part of work. One is relatability. You're 17. These kids mm-hmm. are 12. You speak Spanish. They speak Spanish. Carrie's like, listen, you might not know too much more about each other, but you know them a hell of a lot more than I know them. So get in the classroom and like help them figure it out. Right. The relatability piece that there's an authenticity that comes from sharing some piece of your identity with somebody that you can't fabricate or make up or like pretend you have. Right. Mm. The second piece is just helping people find some common ground and chances are good that no matter who you are, whether you're like radically different from somebody, if you spend some time sitting with them and having a concentrated conversation, trying to find where the overlap is, where the common ground is, that you can find something eventually, right? And that's what you did for these two. You helped them see how they were similar rather than how they were different. And then the third ingredient I think is time. You were given the time in school outside of all the curricular or academic things that you had to accomplish, the curricular stuff that you had to do. Did I make yep. that word up? Nobody knows. The all all of the <laughs> all of the all of the kind of like expectations and mm. hoops to jump through and all the stuff that we put on youth in school. You were given a break from all that and an opportunity that said, this is more important. Go in this classroom help each other figure it out. We give you the time, right? We give you the time to do that. And you were, I think that that, that ingredient, we undervalue in a lot of spaces because we're like, okay, we got to get back out to like, you know, these kids have to pass their state exams. You know, we gotta, we gotta get back to school. You know, this isn't useful, but you were given the time to sit with them to sort it out. And that allowed you to accomplish the first two things. One, they related to you and two, they related to each other. So relatability, common ground and time. What do you think Ooh. about that? Yeah, it's like the recipe for magic to happen. Mm. About the time piece, mm-hmm. I think it is also a way to look at it is like sometimes circle doesn't circles and restorative justice don't have to happen within one day. Mm. Hours. Ooh. It can take a week. It can take three days. It can take two days. Like it takes time. Like some, maybe the first circle, as Cleo was mentioning with the campers this past summer, mm-hmm. it took five circles before the sixth one actually change was visible. So I think that's is an also a great way to look at it is time is very important, not only because of a frame you need to like do something, but for the relationships to happen, for that connection to happen. That's cool. Garcia, as somebody who is a pretty practiced restorative justice 
per, let me try that one again. Practitioner, as somebody who is a a uh, seasoned restorative Ooh. justice. Okay, practitioner. I'm sorry. We have recipes. We have ingredients. <laughs> we have seasoning. Let's go. <laughs> Do you? Um, there are a lot of people who will probably be listening to this that want to know, like that get stuck right where you're talking about. They're like, I thought this was going to work the first time we tried it. Like, and I've been there. Like, I think mm-hmm. that it's really easy for me to go into having a circle with somebody kind of map it out, plan it out, try to get, try to check all these boxes that we're talking about, put all the ingredients in there and then it doesn't work. And it's like really easy to get frustrated. What kind of advice do you have for somebody who is in that space and where you on the outside might be looking in and saying, you just need more time? I would say like my advice personally is, and I struggled a lot with this before when I did start with restorative justice was asking for help. Mm -hmm. There is always people out there that are going to know more than you, that are going to be more experienced than you. And so not being afraid to pull someone in to help co-lead the circle does not hurt. I know Laura has pulled me into a couple of circles. Klee has pulled me to a couple of circles and it helps. I pulled a lot of people. I think I pulled you guys too into a lot of my circles that I led at camp and just pulling the people in that you need who are might be a little bit wiser than you are in the area and taking the time again it's just taking that time for you if like if you're in a circle and you feel like you're getting flustered because it's not getting anywhere take a break Mm. I think that's a key piece that I've also learned this summer was um taking the time for yourself taking the time for others and taking a break I don't think me personally I don't think circles will ever go smoothly if the person leading them is flustered and all over the place you know what I mean Um, Garcia did I need to hear that from you holy (laughs) cow (laughs) I think I'm 100% still learning and things are clicking in my head all the time but I have this incredible sense of urgency at camp but Mm -hmm. like also in the rest of my life right and I want things to happen quickly and it's like hard for me to have the patience it's hard for me to have the patience with myself all that kind of stuff but I think I think you saying, if this isn't good, from my experience, this isn't going to work unless you take some time and notice that all of the stuff, whether it's going to get ice cream with a group of kids or just taking a walk yourself or all that stuff is actually part of the process that's going to make doing the restorative work of building empathy for each other or being able to take each other's perspectives more possible. Another nugget of wisdom I'm pulling out from, from things you're saying, Garcia, is slow the bleep down. Like none of it is going to, none of that, that, that future uh, progress that we think we could make happens if we don't take those baby steps and, and just slow down. Okay. Garcia, so to get us to a space where more schools, more communities, eventually maybe more larger societal structures are reflected reflecting some of the practices that you're talking about here what what would what would we need to make that so like what is the what are some of the ingredients that need to change in people's minds to vote for more funding for programs like restorative rock restorative personally if it was like for example if i was like talking to the board of education mm-hmm. Not to be rude. <laughs> no, be rude. A lot of the times it's not about you. A lot of <laughs> times, like 
it's not your problem. You don't know what that kid is going through. You don't know what these kids are going through in the classroom. You don't know what kids need when they're at camp. Like, it's not about you. It's about those who need it. It's about those who deserve it, who need those opportunities and are given to them, specifically talking about kids. Building the future for these kids is more important than building it for adults when literally you just might die in a couple of years. Like, <laughs> like, not to be mean, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you're an adult. You already lived your life. You're already done a hundred times. Maybe you've done it a hundred times more. These kids are just learning how to be adults. They're just learning how to be kids. They're just learning how to be themselves. And sometimes we just need to take in consideration that it's not about us. Mm. It's more about them. Yeah, you're making me think about like, the, sometimes we talk about adult convenience at Stomping Ground and like, are the practices that are barriers to restorative practices coming from up top? And like, if that's the case, who are they for? Are they more for the folks at top, the adults in charge making decisions, or do they actually have the students or the youth or the kids? Um, or do they have the, the youth's needs coming first? Garcia, you have lived the doubts of this process and these practices. You have lived the successes and the gratitude that comes when a circle does work and you see two people who were in some intense conflict come together. And like you said, maybe not be best friends, but have some common ground for one another and be able to look at each other in the hallway and say hi without beating the other up or saying something really disrespectful. What do you see as the potential for restorative spaces to grow, whether it be in more camps, in more schools where you have practiced the most? What do you think it would look like if more spaces implemented circles and these other kinds of practices into their communities and in their spaces? I think, well, I know a lot of us is like, when you're asked, what is your dream for the world? Like, what would you, what's your hopes for the world? And we all say, peace world peace <laughs> and it's hard to get there because literally not everyone's going to get along countries aren't going to get along states mm-hmm. are going to get along people aren't going to get along it shit happens yeah. honestly i think restorative justice just gives that baby step further oh, to mm-hmm. getting to that peace we all want getting to that comfort that we want i think we implemented restorative justice all over the world I think maybe worldwide conflicts would like diminish to like more easier problems to solve. Not everything has to end in World War III. Not everything has to end in arguments. If restorative justice helps people see others' opinions in a more better way, then I think the future would, what the future holds is more open-minded people. Mm. and it's a baby step i love that doesn't have to solve problems or fix things it's a baby step right right it can just like open your eyes to seeing others differently being more knowledgeable of their own personal issues and problems what they're going through because we all have a backstory we all have a background we all have an origin story Mm, Lots to think about, lots to marinate on. Thank you, Garcia, for being here. Yeah, this is great.